Hello, everyone, and welcome to another web-slinging episode of Zing This. Yes, this episode is going to be a discussion on the Spider-Man Far From Home. So I'm going to say this off the top. Um, spoiler alert ahead, because it's probably going to be a very short time frame before we actually get into spoilers, but I cannot do this alone. I have brought on our friendly neighborhood nerd, sir, introduce yourself. Han Solo dies. I mean, uh, hello, ahoy, hoy, folks. It's Zach from uh, Cinemodies and Zenger Side Podcast, Knights of Vader. Yes, I have brought Zach along because I figured why not. We we have such great chemistry talking about Star Wars. Let's talk about a movie that does actually have a Star Wars reference in it. So, um, by that logic, that's why he's here. Sure, why not? Um, so, I guess we're going to start this off real quick with a non-spoiler review of it, just saying... Would you see this movie? Yes, no. I mean, would you recommend people to see this movie? Yes, no. I guess if you're a Spider-Man fan, it's obligatory. Like, you have to see it in a theater. If you're you're burnt out on the Marvel stuff, which I'm guessing is hardly any of you, personally, I would say no. I would pass. I'd pass on this. All right. Um, For me, as... Somebody who, I don't know, let's say watched all the MCU movies a little <laughs> bit ago. I'd say go see it if you're an MCU fan. Um, I don't think this is required reading for, like, have to go see it in theaters. It's it's good. We'll get into it more in the discussion. If you're a fan of Spider-Man, go see it. If you're burnt out or you were like, Endgame was, like, amazing. It, it, it did such a good job then maybe wait for this on on home video. And if you're Ellie, don't go see this because you (laughs) haven't seen Endgame yet. So, uh, big spoilers to that movie. So, with that, let's get into the discussion where we're not um, held back by spoiling stuff because this movie has a lot of spoilerific stuff in it. So, with that being said, it sounded like from our... Just quick discussion, go see this or not. We were both lukewarm to this movie. Yeah, it's it's weird because I was one of those people that said, like, you know what? I'm done after Endgame. I'm like, enough Marvel, enough uh, taking, like, just swipe your credit card to help the Avengers beat Thanos. It's like, no, enough of this. And then I'm like, then Spike, I've, like, I read some of the spoiler stuff for Far From Home. And I'm like, oh, no. It's like, and I kept telling myself, you're not seeing this as an MCU like addict. You're seeing this as a Spider-Man fan, and that's why I kept rationalizing it to myself. And I get into the theater, and I've never been so bored during a Spider-Man anything in my life. Okay, um, your your theater going experience is always something fun to, <laughs> to talk about. So, how was your theater going experience? Uh, you're right. I always have interesting theater going experiences. I guess you should say that, uh, this time I only broke one of the self checkout kiosks. Last time I broke both of them. Uh, no, okay. You're right. There is a story behind this. I forgot. I, I completely block it. I guess I should say to the, the Zeng this audience, um, don't ever go see a movie with me in the theater. Cause chances are, um, you'll be frustrated or at the very least my frustration will kind of boil over and infect you. Uh, no, so I go to the kiosk, I have a Regal, and I scan or swipe my Regal card, and it just bricked up their kiosk. So I figured, oh, I'm not going to do this again, and because I have MoviePass still, or I guess you'd say I used to have MoviePass, and now they, uh, 
they have quote unquote temporarily suspended the service indefinitely starting July 4th. Oh boy. Yeah, that's going to be a fun uh, roller coaster ride for the next few weeks if it ever comes back. And so they I'm run like, out okay, of money again. I guess that happened last July. They ran out of money. July is just a really bad month for a movie pass. So I use the other kiosk. I figure, okay, I'm not going to use my royalty or my loyalty card, and I'm just gonna, I'll get the points later. So I go do that, buy my ticket, go to the theater, and I found out my theater now does like reserved seating, which makes me angry because I just I don't like reserved seating. I like being the first, just getting there early, so I know I have my seat, not competing with someone who bought their ticket like on a computer, like like an hour before me. So that made me angry. And I'm in the theater trying to like enter my loyalty thing. And it's like, okay, type the code in. I type the code in. Your code's wrong. And I'm like, I had like eight pieces of paper. And I'm like, why don't any of these work? So after the movie was over, I go back to like the customer service desk. There's nobody there. Go to the, uh, the, the ticket taker. I'm like, hi, do you know how to do this? He goes, no, go to the guest services. I'm like, there's nobody at guest services. He goes, then go to the, the concession stand, have them call someone. And I'm like, come on, man. All I want is my points. I think I'm entitled to my points. <laughs> and I go, and by the time I get back up there, like there's someone at guest services. And I go, hi. I said, I bought a ticket for Spider-Man. Can, I get, like, can you show me how to do it on the app? He's like, where's the piece of paper? And I give him like all 15 pieces of paper. He's like, you don't have the right one. I'm like, dude, nobody keeps their pieces of paper besides me. You're telling me I don't have the right one. And he's like, well, I can do it on the computer from my end. I'm like, thank you. And it's like all that for loyalty points. But uh, as for the actual like people in the theater, everybody for the most part was respectful. The only thing I thought was really interesting was that there were a lot of teenagers this is a very – for my audience, I saw it uh, opening day. I think – they didn't do late-night showings for this like, like like they do with like all the major blockbusters. So I saw it like at around 12 o'clock on mm-hmm. opening day in a lot of teenagers, like a shocking amount of teenagers. So there was three teenagers is what you're saying. No. Like that's the weird part. Like I, it's weird. I'm 26 years old and I feel like a dirty old man being around a bunch of like 16-year-olds. And I'm like, what is this? Like it's, it feels like like you're like that one guy who really wants to see like a Pixar movie yeah. and you feel kind of like icky. Like it happened to me in college. I went to go see – I think it was like the Muppets Most Wanted. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord. I'm like 21 years old. I'm like the Which oldest is... person in the theater by 10 years old. Oh, wait. No, like, I'm thinking years. of the other one. I'm thinking of the one before Most Wanted. Oh, the Jason Segel one? Yeah, because that one felt more like a – there's going to be more adults than kids at this movie. You think a, that with Muppets, but yeah. weird. The Muppets have like had this like weird like they become more of a kiddie thing, and I don't get that because that's never what the Muppets were about. Yeah, I guess it's just a weird. It's an odd thing, but uh, I, I guess we'll save they, that for the Muppets discussion. <laughs> I, I I remember when they did the well, that's that's definitely a Cinemodities thing. Um, <laughs> no, I was about to say I remember the Muppets like TV show, the one where it was like SNL but on earlier. The variety show. Yeah, I remember that because I had people on it. And it was one of those things that just randomly as a kid, I remember like my parents would turn it on every now and then. I'd be like, ah, oh, cool. And I can't remember anything outside of just that statement I just made. So <laughs> as people sitting at home are, are like, why haven't they talked about Spider-Man? Um, let's get into that part of it. So I'm going to rip off this Band-Aid real quick and say that as I thought about this more, as I sat there and had reflections, like, you, you you know the meme where it shows the guy standing in different places, and he's just kind of staring? Sure. Yeah, that was me thinking about this movie. Just random places, me sitting there thinking, going, hmm, I feel like I'm being hard on this movie for no apparent reason. And I've come to the conclusion that visually, this has some of the most amazing stuff I've seen. 
like the whole Mysterio is um, manipulating stuff with the drones and everything. And just, just those sequences were awesome and something that I just was not expect. I was expecting some stuff, but that was just something that was really cool and really was was great to tie together a kind of great character development piece for Peter Parker and his friends that I did not care about per se. (laughs) So, so that's something like it's, it's, it's interesting because this movie kind of is a, I, it's somehow the man isn't even in the movie and this is somehow still an Iron Man movie to a certain extent. Uh, that you know the weird thing is like that doesn't even bother me. Like Robert Downey Jr. is just gonna like hover all over these movies, kind of like what Darth Vader does in Star Wars. Does, now. does he get paid still? Because I swear uh, they might as no, well just wheeled him out at one point. Well, it's weird well they kind of like, did. They, I was about to say they should have wheeled his corpse <laughs> out at one point, and I'm like, well, no, wait, they did. That <laughs> and, and possibly the greatest laugh out loud moment in cinematic history. For, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. Though. We'll get to that because that's it's funny. We finally got like uh, Marvel zombies, and we got it in the weirdest context yeah, yes. possible. Again, whatever. Another thing that this movie doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Uh, no, like the Robert Downey Jr. thing. I think it's fascinating that like when like when he is Iron Man, they could like, they couldn't keep that helmet on him long enough because it's like Robert Downey Jr. needs his face in front of the camera any given second. The same thing kind of happens with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. Like a, a, any opportunity to take the mask off, he does. And yet, in this, we've had in this in Spider-Man: Far From Home, there's more Robert Downey Jr. with the helmet on than there has been, I think, in the entire MCU combined. <laughs> and it's like, oh wow, like he's actually Iron Man, not Tony Stark. And I'm like, okay, uh, but no, that part of it surprisingly did not bother me. That well, it's, so it's weird. I don't get why, or I guess it makes sense why, because again, Robert Downey Jr.'s importance in this film series that they've made him, he's practically the new Uncle Ben. And I know Uncle Ben does supposedly exist in this in the MCU. Yeah, he does, because the, the, um, the bag he takes has his initials on it. He also does kind of say the line, finally, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, so. and that, that that's semantics. So, like, you know, like that's that's wired into the Spider-Man character. So, I'm like, whatever. If they don't want, they want to kind of like a, a beat around the bush with that exact phrase. That's their own discretion. I don't care about that. Um, but getting to like thing you're saying with like Mysterio, like I, I, everybody's saying Mysterio is like a great like MCU villain, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like no, <laughs> like he's not bad. Like he has one of the probably the, the best live action realizations of a costume. Yeah. From the comics, I'll yeah. give them that. But, like, he's just another disgruntled Iron Man person. Like, he's Obadiah Stane. He's Mickey Rourke. He's Aldrich... Oh, was it Aldrich Ch- Killian? Aldrich Killian. Yeah, he's Ultron. Like, it's like, how many more disgruntled Iron Man-like related characters are we going to have introduced here? It's like, enough. And, like, create... Again, ever since... I remember, like, what was it? Sanger might remember this. Like, there used to be rumors going around, like, in 2008, 9, 10, that uh, Raimi wanted Bruce Campbell as Mysterio, but, like, really, like... That is something... um, There was a, like, the History of Mysterio video, and one of the images... Like, it had three images, and one of them was Bruce Campbell, and I'm like, oh, right. They were going to play that up. And, and that's the thing that because that works so well because Mysterio is such like a hammy villain like yeah. it would make sense you get the king of like B horror 
Bruce Campbell to play him. That'd be great. He pulls the he pulls the fishbowl head off, and you have Bruce Campbell there, just like making his his doing his shtick. I'm like, that's perfect. I like, I I'd imagine that the fishbowl would have to have a little bump in front to accommodate for his chin somehow. Still, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, like ever since I've heard that, and I'm not even saying that as like a Bruce Campbell fan. It's just the whole idea. Like that's that's how you play Mysterio, right? Mysterio is not a villain that can support an entire film. And I think that's part. He's cool looking, and that's why, again, for half the movie, he's a good guy, or he comes across as a good guy. And it's just not layers. Like, oh man, Marvel. Like, I get it. It's cool to get Mysterio because Mysterio is one of those villains that, like, like in writers' rooms, like, how are we going to do this without coming across Hammy? And that's why you hire a Sam Raimi because he knows how to do Hammy so well. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that we never got that interpretation of the character in live action. See, my problem isn't really with Mysterio in this movie. He's he's fine. He's great. He's great to have on screen, finally. Um, his action sequences are awesome. His motivation is MCU-ified. Um, <laughs> and I, but I will say this, Vulture was a better villain. Vulture was oh, a better... Oh, 100%. Motivationally, eh, they both are up in the air. But vi- as like a true villain... Vulture is better because Mysterio isn't really a villain. He's just someone doing bad stuff, technically. Because that's what he's... He's trying to become the new hero so that he can be like, oh, you know, Tony Stark didn't see, you know, how great we all were because we worked for him. And now I'm going to, since he's no longer here to stop us, we're going to become the new heroes of this this time frame by basically creating bad stuff happening so that I can go fix it. Well, that's exactly – and that's the thing too is that like going back to what I was saying with uh, Tony Stark being Uncle Ben is that it's the sins of the father. Yes. And, and it's like, oh god – it's like, oh god, we have the guy from Iron Man 1 that Jeff uh, Bridges screams at. We have a guy – or what? No, that's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal who they have like in the back <laughs> – they like superimpose his head like in the back of like one of the scenes in Civil War. And I'm like, oh god, like Marvel, stop. I'm like, you have so like you've done a pretty good job at world building over the last eleven years. Don't force this stuff. And that's the thing too is that, like I think it's weird that like again I, I'm not saying these movies have to be beholden to the comics. Like you said, I like the term um, MCU fied. Yeah. But like if you look at Spider Man's Co- coined Scout, coined on this episode of saying this, there'll be a new T-shirt out by the time you're hearing this, folks. Yes. Uh, it's the idea of like Spider Man villains can be like placed into two different like compartments. You have Crazy Insane, which is like Green Goblin and like Carnage, and that's more or less it. And then you have They Want Money, <laughs> and they rob banks. That's it. Like that's yep. the, Those are the two ways you can separate Spider-Man villains. And or, that's what Mysterio was for the most part. Actually, there, there is a third option. There is I Just Want to Kill Spider-Man. Well, they, they all do that after that. Okay, after they've interacted with him like a dozen times, it eventually kind of like devolves into "I'll get you next time, Spider-Man," and he yeah. becomes kind of it's a vendetta against him. Exactly. It's like it's like they're sitting back there, fucking going, "I used to rob banks. Now I'm just after this kid in spandex. What exactly. am I doing with my life?" Yeah, and I think that's where, like, again, the Vulture. The Vulture is that perfect. Spy. That's why another reason why uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture works so well is because he's a guy who's just trying to make money. He that's is. what he is. He's not. He doesn't have a grand scheme to take over the world, and that's what most of what Spider-Man's villains are. Like a few of them are ones like the Lizard, who have goals. Like okay, at some point, 
the, the lizard wants to do something to the people of New York City. No, well, and you have, okay, it, you need to stop. I'm not having that horrendous movie franchise we mentioned here. We're, we're going to talk about that. That's Ugh. that's part of the bombshell I'm going to drop. No, but I'm not even talking about the Amazing Spider-Man. It's the, the idea, like, the lizard does do things like that. But even that, after a while, he'll start just stealing things because he wants to do exper- – Dr. Connors wants to do experiments. Yes. Um, but that's what it is, though. Usually, most, most Spider-Man villains just want to steal something. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. So when you have Mysterio and he has like an army of drones, I'm like, what is this? Like, I get it. They did a pretty good job of bringing real, uh, blending like real world technology with what Mysterio's shtick is supposed to be. I give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, I have to ask you, like, what was what was Tony Stark's compulsion or what his goal was in the first Iron Man movie? What was his goal in life after the events of the camp in what Iraq? Afghanistan, I feel. Oh, whatever. Middle East. Yes. Um, Afghanistan, yes. Um, I'm gonna go with his motivation was to, to, to stop the harm that his weapons were causing people. Okay. Then why is it that in this movie he has a giant satellite that has hundreds of thousands of drones that have missiles on them? The drones can do other stuff. I mean, like, like, I, hold project, on, hold on, wait. Project shiny images. I was about to say they can do other stuff. Do we see them doing other stuff? <laughs> no, mm, no, because the the um the image stuff was retrofitted, wasn't it? For, by the group, like the drones can do that on their own. Well, the drones are a walking plot device. They do whatever the script needs them to do. They they do whatever giant space Stark thing needs them to shoot down to do. That's including what I mean, kill like, you... people just instantly. That's what I mean. Like, remember, Tony Stark got be, stopped becoming an arms dealer because to of become an arms dealer, <laughs> and now that he's dead, like, oh, Pepper Potts is putting giant satellites in space that launch thousands of drones that can kill people. I'm, it's, I'm building it's so a satellite. Weird. It's for peace through death. <laughs> it's a death ray. <laughs> See the Death Star. It's a Death Star. Peter oh Parker my. would love it. Oh God, we we got there. So I I guess I want to say this real quick. Uh, the mention of Star Wars in this, the, the because there there's there's one I caught. It was the Nick Fury. Um, was it Nick Fury that that said? Um, I think he, it's Happy. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it is Happy saying that uh, Fury said this, and he said that the you wouldn't get it because it's not a Star Wars reference. Yeah. So that's weird. It's become a thing. It's funny. He, I'm saying the only Tom Holland thing that does not have a um, Star Wars reference, or no, it's in. Infinity War and Endgame don't have Star Wars references. Other than that, Civil War has one, Homecoming has one, and this has one. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if we dig deep enough, we could probably find it in um, the other two. Um, so I'm going to say this: as Tony, as Iron Man became, uh, as Robert Downey Jr. became the definitive Tony Stark and Iron Man. I'm going to say Tom Holland, in my opinion, is the definitive Spider-Man. Well, that's... No, that's not up for debate. <laughs> it's No, I think it's a matter of preference. Like There are so many iterations of, of Spider-Man now. And I'm not just talking about in movies. I'm talking about, again, comics, television. Like, heck, you have Into the Spider-Verse at this point. Like, to me, that, the definitive uh, version of spider That is what? so good, and that sits on its own as this weird thing to where it's like... This is so good, and I hope it turns into something more because now we're, stuff is judged by how franchisey it can be. 
Well, going back to your comment though about like the best version of uh, Spider-Man, I would like I would absolutely die for a Chris Pine Spider-Man. Now I'm not talking about like like live action. I just, like, you're, I you're, think you're, that, you're talking about his depiction from the Spider-Verse. Yes, the... I, I to me like I remember watching Spider-Verse, and I'm rather lukewarm on that movie. Someone wow. described that movie as like uh, uh, a Spider-Man colon ADD. And it's just like, oh my god, there's so many bright colors and nothing sits still. I get that. That's the aesthetic. It just isn't my exact cup of tea. I picked no, the wrong I, person for this review, by the way, people. I'm realizing that slowly. Oh no, there's there, there's still a bombshell coming, folks. I, I warned Zenger. There is a huge hot take. So so Possibly. what this is is a hostage situation where you're sitting there going, Don't worry, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop this bomb yet, but it's coming. Yeah. You gotta you gotta keep me on this podcast until I detonate it. Oh no, well. Depends on how you see it. Technically, at this point, you're complicit. The longer you keep me on, the more we're just we're, we're, we're pulling the rubber band back further and further, so it's gonna hurt when I let go. God dang it. Uh, uh, no, but yeah, no, I would love to me. Like I remember watching Into the Spider Verse, and I that was before like I could figure. Cause I didn't know whose voice that was at first until I read the credits. And I'm like, oh man, Chris Pine Spider Man, that's great. Like I love the way like just how he inflects with his voice, what the character does. I want that version. Like if we ever do get a true like Spider Verse movie where they all come out like their own little like portals, I want that version. That's never going to happen, but I, you know what? I'll keep hoping. Um, but no, when it comes to Tom Holland, he's he's doing what the he's he's making the best out of the script and what he has to do. I think I think it's a matter of preference. Like every like I went back in preparation for this and rewatched the Amazing Spider Man two, and I think every I didn't tell him to do that. People, I'm just pointing that out now. No, no, I did for my own reasons because I wanted this to see uh, uh, how that fits in the grand scheme of things. And I think every – again, of the three live-action actors, I think they all play well with what they're given. Again, I don't blame any one actor. I know a lot of people dogpile on Andrew Garfield. Uh, is Andrew Garfield miscast? Yes, but that's not his fault. Uh, can't blame a guy for wanting to play Spider-Man. But he does a solid job as actual Spider-Man the same way – Toby Maguire did a really good job at playing Peter Parker. And Tom Holland does a really good job at just being a uh, perky teenager. Like, yep. I think that's the best way. I, I don't I, I don't know. At this point, again, Zenger knows more about the comics than I do. And more just multimedia Spider-Man. Uh, I, I don't know what incarnation of Spider-Man Tom Holland's trying to do an impersonation of. Or even if he is, maybe it's his own version. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a mixture of a lot of them, to be honest. Um, and that's, that, that's that's the thing. Spider-Man's story has been told so many times, and he kind of he's just this he's just a quippy individual that spouts out quips every now and then. Which now that I'm thinking about, it, does this movie have a lot of quips in it? It's it's a Marvel movie. That's all. This is quips. Nobody True. takes anything seriously. True. Like, that, that was one of my complaints about one of the Raimi movies is that they. He wasn't quippy enough in one of them, and I was like, that just bothered me for some reason. Like, Spider-Man's supposed to be running off at the mouth, like, almost Deadpool level. Yeah, but not, yeah. He's but but not fourth wall breaking. It's, it's, he's just running off at the mouth of just annoying villains while he's fighting them. Yeah, it's nervous energy. He's releasing nervous energy through his mouth. Yeah. Uh, no, again, I, we don't want to get too abstract on Spider-Man here unless you want to. Eh, uh, we'll but, see what happens. But my, no, but like my thing with this movie was that like I'm watching the movie and like and my biggest thing is that like there's not a lot of Spider-Man in this movie. Like oh, there's like, a lot I, of Spider-Man costumes and a lot of Spider-Man doing spider-like stuff, but it's in very contained instances. Well, that yes, that's a good point you bring up contained instances. But like when I think of Spider-Man, and I know this is my my own 
interpretation of the character. I think of Spider-Man. He's in a blue and red outfit. He's in New York City fighting one of his villains of New York City. Like the moment you take Spider-Man out of New York City, you have to make it a really big reason why he needs to be taken out of there. So when he di- it has to be for like an Infinity War or an Endgame level reason where it's like, okay, we need everybody on board. We need all hands on deck. And when you take him out of New York just for the sake of taking him out of New York, it's like, no, it doesn't work because he's – it's funny. Peter Parker – is a, how I've described Peter Parker over the last how many years to people is he's a kid from Queens that can't get a break. Yep. That would you disagree with that? No, that 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 is Spider-Man. He is the he is the one who will save anybody but just as like is down on his luck somehow constantly but somehow keeps a perky attitude about it. Yes, like the problem he puts everybody ahead of himself. Yep. And often to the detriment of himself. And there's a very specific moment in this movie is he's fighting miss well i don't know what you want to call it that mysterio is giving him hallucinations somewhere somewhere in europe and mysterio deludes him enough that he he somehow ends up in front of a, a passing train and he ends up in what the netherlands yeah he, he's he gets hit by the train he wakes up in a jail in the netherlands and he escapes the jail, which is a cute little sequence. I like that. that. The, the, the Netherlands thing is very funny because everyone's just so nice and helpful the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess that's a, that's, that's a thing. Well, I think that again, the Netherlands thing is cute up until a very specific moment that I'll get to. Cause it is that nice, like kind of juxtaposition from what you expect of like typical New York behavior. Yeah. But the weird thing is that like, it's a payoff yet. We haven't seen, New York City in the MCU berate Spider-Man. Like yet. I think I, I, yet. I yeah yeah they're they're getting there with that, but we haven't seen that. Like it's weird that scene's almost in there for people like you and I who have been watching, who were there on the the ground floor for the Raimi movies, yeah. which I think is most most of the pop culture. But no, I think that's you know what I like that. But the part that genuinely took me out of this movie, and I really, I was, I was kind of uh, hanging by a thread up until this point, was he's walking through like a tulip field, and he calls Happy Hogan and says, "I need you to pick me up," and I'm like, "What? Pick him up? What does that mean?" And Happy Hogan shows up in a Quinjet or whatever it is at this point they're calling it, lands like in the tulip field and picks him up, and 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 the the, the Quinjet has a spider-man building suit uh, machine in the back and i literally said to myself what the hell is this i'm like this is the complete antithesis to what spider-man is spider-man cannot when spider-man's down on his luck does not call up his tony stark's body former bodyguard and say yo dog pick me up I'm like, no, there should have been a scene – Take again, fundamentally wrong. There should be a moment in this where Peter Parker – let's say he does call Happy. Happy doesn't pick up for whatever reason. Then Peter should be sitting there going, oh, no, no, Mysterio's going to make it to London in, in six hours. And Peter should be in front of like a, uh, a, train, like a, like a train station. He has a little board with all the train times incoming. It's going – and he's literally looking at his watch trying to figure out which train he can catch. It's like – like a head down at wrist, head up at board, head down until eventually it's like, oh, it's a train to London, leaves at 7 o'clock, and it's or like it's one of those things where he has to, you know, jump on this train. Then as it's going, he has to web himself over to another train. And he has well, exactly. To, that, yeah. 
He has to earn that. He can't just call again. He's been hit by a train. His arm, there, his suit uh, is gone. And it's like, no, that's not. There's Spider-Man. a bigger thing I think here that was at play. Okay, enlighten me, sir. They're setting him up. I, I mean, this this is a dumb moment, but this was a payoff to the. I, I guess I just watched the video on who's worthy to wield the hammer, and so that's <laughs> I guess in my mind right now, but. Who's worthy to be the next Tony Stark is a heavy thing of like Tony's a heavy character in this, but the whole who's going to be the next Tony Stark and this and that scene cements him as he's the next Tony Stark because what does Happy Hogan do? Goes and turns on ACDC. What is what what oh, what's, God, what's he yeah, seeing in Peter Parker? That. He's seeing Tony. He's seeing that like even though Peter might not think he's the next Tony. And mis misread all that, like they're they're setting him up as the but, next Tony because that's kind of what the, the relationship they built in these movies between the two of them. You're you're absolutely right, and I don't disagree with you for a second. But a little bit of context time is that back when the Amazing Spider-Man Two came out, and then in the aftermath of the Sony hack, if everybody remembers that from the end of 2014, Sony Entertainment got hacked. And all their emails got leaked online. You can go find them if you want, if you know how to go find them. And there was correspondence because even though it, – it's, it's weird with the whole Marvel – this was before the, the deal with Marvel for Spider-Man. Uh, I'm sorry, Disney. Is that Kevin Feige, who everybody worships now – was, was having a quote co- from him too. Good, I good. say later. Was he was corresponding with with uh, the producers of the Amazing Spider-Man too? I think they were giving him uh, uh, they're giving him the script, and he was giving this notes on it. And one of the part one of the plot points of the Amazing Spider-Man two is that uh, the spider that bit Peter Parker in the first film it only would have given Peter Parker um, the powers because Ben Parker or not Ben um, Richard Parker had developed the 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 mutated spider to only interface with his blood t- or his specific DNA. And I remember Kevin Feige, it's there. You can go find it. Kevin Feige said, this does not work because it removes the everyman element of Spider-Man and you're fundamentally losing track of who the character is. And I'm like, yeah, fast forward four years later and they literally did the exact same thing. Spider-Man is no longer the everyman. He's not that person that anybody can project themselves onto. He's now the heir of a billionaire playboy philanthropist. And I'm like, you've lost the character. Don't call him Spider-Man. Make him something else then. Maybe they argue and maybe introduce Miles Morales into the MCU. And so Miles can then be kind of like the everyman Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I hope they do that because you do – considering that we these MCU movies, everybody is on a, on a pedestal. Um, it would be nice to have a character that's just at the ground level. And it's weird that like if you look at the MCU – Oh, they had a total have... you know, multiple series about people who did – oh, right. It's canceled. <laughs> All the Netflix movies. Well, I, I think there's a shows. reason why, too. Is that I think it's weird that clearly Marvel, MC, Marvel MCU does not want ground-level heroes. They don't want that. They want the larger-than-life ones. And yet, and that's where Spider-Man is perfect, because Spider-Man can, can tiptoe or, or balance himself between those two worlds. and Because he is somebody that, for the most part, operates on a, on a neighborhood level in New York City. But when there is a universe, oh God, uh calamity that's on the verge of happening they can call him and he'll be there and he can help and that and is I, how he is in the comics 100 percent of the time yeah and yet in this now they're making him out to be iron man 2.0 and it's like no 
No, it's like that's not how Spider-Man works. Again, they can do whatever they want. Who, who am I to argue with a, a movie series that's grossed all, all the money in the world? But I can't – it bothers me that they lecture The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and yet this commits the same exact offense and maybe even worse. And this is where I'm going to drop the bomb, folks. You might want to uh, brace yourselves, put the earplugs in. Is that I I'm got my to... surprised hat on. <laughs> I rewatched The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, I am confident in saying The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a more – I'm not going to say good because good is subjective. It is a more entertaining film than this. I as goofy as I'm trying to locate that movie on our wall right now so I can throw something at the case. No, watch it. You <laughs> I still haven't. That movie. I still haven't. You need to watch it. No. You, if, you, if you accept it as being goofy, it is a actually a really solid Spider-Man story. If you accept it for all of its goofy imperfections, which there are so many subplots in that movie that have nothing to do with the movie. Oh, no, because um, that, that, that was when Sony was like, we, we have no option but to just set up 50 million possible sequels and things that can happen. So I'm let's set all of them that. up. I'm not even talking about that. There is a subplot in that movie because Electro like knocks out the power in New York City. And out of nowhere, we like cut to like a control tower at LaGuardia Airport as two planes are about to collide with each other. There's it's never we've never been with any of the characters in this control tower. It's just there for some reason. And I'm like, why is this in the movie? It's 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 trying to add dramatic stakes to the power being out and to Spider-Man getting the power back on, but it's it doesn't have a purpose. It's just like like fluff. It's dramatic fluff just shoveled on, and I'm like that. Don't get me wrong. That that's something that that home. I'm sorry, Far From Home doesn't have. I give it credit, but like I was watching like Jamie Fox Electro. Yes, he's goofy as hell. But watching him Spider-Man fight like in the like power grid is an infinitely more interesting fight, at least on a visual level, than watching Spider-Man fight like holograms. And then like the the end battle of a, of a Mysterio having all the drones like in a hallway shooting at Spider-Man, and I'm like, we know Spider-Man can dodge bullets. He has his spider sense, or what they're calling it now, Peter Tingle, which yeah. I, I have to admit that's that's funny. It is. Uh, but no, it's like at least it's something different or it's not just – maybe different's not the right word. It's like this movie – it's not that I dislike it, Far From Home. It just feels so bland. Like it's just – it's like, oh, we're making a Spider-Man movie, yet we don't know what to do with it. I I feel I went to this movie with a different expectations than what, than what it was and that's why I kind of had a lukewarm response to it to begin with because – I mean, you, you go into this movie after seeing Endgame, and it's like, how do you compare to that? And it's like, you don't. You kind of got to – what they should have done was made a smaller story, which, yes, this technically is, but having them do the world tour thing makes it a more open thing. Having the revelations of – now, it would have – here's what would have been interesting. I'm not – it would have complicated it, and I don't know what they're doing for the future of these movies, so hear me out. Um so they set up that, of course, Mysterious from a different Earth. There's a ton of mentions of um, of different Earths. And I think, if I remember correctly, the Earth that he says he's from is the one where you have British Spider-Man. Oh, does he say that? No, no, no. I no, no, up no, on that. No, no. He mentions, uh, I'm from Earth. Hold on. I just had it up. Earth. I should have been doing this while you were talking about that. That terrible movie. Um, 
I can ramble on more about how I like that movie more. I please don't. Uh, Earth <laughs> eight eight three three. Which let me just double check. I I yes, Spider Man UK. Is oh. is that's this is for the comic side of it. The comic gotcha. side of it is that's the home for the Spider Spider Man UK. Is that one? Um, in the movie, it's presented as that's that, and it also is mentioned that your Earth is six one six, which is in the grand scheme of the comic world that is the normal Earth. Well, it's the prime Earth. But yeah, right? the prime Earth. But in this, it's just I think a nice little reference and a nod, nod, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. What would have been interesting is if Mysterio had actually been a good guy the whole time, had been from a different Earth. Because then that, everybody was sitting there going in this movie going, oh, well, of course the bad guy's going to be Mysterio, duh. And of course he's lying about the whole being from it. But if they had twisted it and he was actually a good guy and there was somebody else that was the actual villain. Yeah. It, it would have been would... cool, but it's like, I don't know where they're going with this. So nice little nods and hint hints at stuff that could be played better. I don't know. Well, the thing I, about this movie is that this movie feels like a lot of table setting. Like, for it, the same reason it, why everybody got mad at Amazing Spider-Man 2, this movie's doing the exact well, same thing, but it's being a lot more subtle about it. That's the thing. If you remember, my discussion for Endgame was, there's not much setup. They're, they're, they're not, they are concluding stories instead of setting up new ones. That's why this is part of Phase 4, or Phase 3, technically, because this is where they get to do the setup. This is where they get to have their cake and eat it, too. Of let's do a interesting Spider-Man story, of more oh, sorry let's do an interesting Peter Parker story, and let's set up for stuff that we want to do later, in in the course of the main universe because apparently there's a a um, questionable thing of what's going on with Avengers Tower is is the Avengers oh well yeah there's apparently a sign which I didn't see it that says one two three but it's got, they all have circles around them. And then oh, I- there's like a spot for where four is going to go. So uh, it's obvious that that might that are, are they setting up for that? That's supposed to be the fantastic the, the Baxter building. Hmm? Well, I, even well, though even though the Baxter building has already been featured in a MCU movie, it was featured in Winter Soldier. It was one of the places being targeted by the uh, the um the flying fortress things. Whatever they're called. I'm tired and I cannot remember stuff like that right now. He just watched all those movies, folks. I did, it, it all blends together into... God dang it, Tony, stop doing stuff. Captain America's cool. Thor picked up a hammer. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. No, like I remember... Because at the end of the movie, when he, uh, one thing I genuinely did like about the movie was at the very end we finally got to see Spider-Man. We got to see Tom Holland Spider-Man swing through New York. Yeah. I, I, that was finally cool to see him do that. And at the end, when he's doing that, he when he when he like starts to glide with his little spider spider wings and or the webbing underneath his arms, yeah. he flies through what was the Avengers Tower. Like that, yep. now he flies through that was the Avengers Tower. Yep. And I think it has to be Oscorp. Like, well, that's, I, that, that's the slam dunk, right? That's the other thing is, like I said, there's apparently those construction signs that people are like, oh, they're hinting at the Fantastic Four, and I'm like. Uh, it has to be Oscorp, but I, I would, I would lean more towards Oscorp. Personally. Well, because the rumors go, the official, well, the un, the official rumor that oxymoron going around is that they're setting up Norman Osborn to be the the villain 
the new big give bad. me Dark Avengers. And like you said, that's what they're going to do. Give me Dark Avengers. Uh, speaking of stuff they're going to do, and I know we need to get to the post credit stuff and probably a little bit more cleanup, but um, this was something I found while being on the Far From Home Wikipedia. I know, trusted source. Um, <laughs> and it's the, the final thing is a note about the future. And it says, in April of 2017, it was announced that that a potential third film is planned. In June of that same year, Holland announced, because that guy can't keep his mouth shut, that the film would take place during Peter Parker's senior year of high school. In July of this very year, which would have been actually earlier this month, um, Kevin Feige stated that the third film would feature, quote, a Peter Parker story that has never been done before on film, end quote due to the mid credit scene. And that's something interesting that they could do and that they have never done. And how does a world where everyone knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man, how does that work? Even though I'd like to point out in this movie, the guy can't shut up about who he is to anybody. Yeah, that that's another thing too. And also, I, I do like they, they do tackle the issue of, uh, everyone's going to find out who Spider-Man is if I all of a sudden show up in Europe. Yeah. So... I, I like they tackle it and kind of solve it, but at the same time, the giant reveal that he's Spider-Man goes, like, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things to where it's like, okay, cool that they set that up, but how, given the evidence that has been provided, can people not figure this out? Well, you figure that Peter Parker doesn't get around enough. Like, it's this close-knit like group of friends, like Ned, um, MJ... And I heard somewhere that they can't – there's something part of the deal that Marvel has or Disney has with Sony that they're not allowed to use the name Mary Jane. That's why her name is Michelle MJ. Weird. I, I don't know. I, I know that apparently I've read that in a couple of places. I don't know what the context is behind it. I have no idea how true it is. The Sony Spider-Man deal with Marvel is such a weird thing that – I mean – Well, it, I heard – It seems like Marvel has almost all the toys to play with. There's just a few things they can't do, I think. Well, the thing is that, like, and I think I brought it up last, one of the many times I've been on Zengness when it comes to uh, Sony Spider-Man nonsense, is that Sony owns part of the rights to the character, not just the film rights. So, they're, like, out, unless Disney, like, outright just bought out their share of the character, this isn't just, like, an issue of, like, waiting for the rights to expire. It's, like, a perpetuity type thing. Yeah. And that's why they made. That's why Disney was much more inclined to make a deal because it's like, okay, if there's no deal made, there's no waiting out the clock here. It's it's an indefinite thing. And from what I, I read, something the other, I think it was yesterday from Slash Film, saying that like part of the Disney Sony deal is that in order for Marvel Disney to be involved with the third Tom Holland film, the second one has to clear a billion dollars worldwide. And it did. No, well, it's only, the movie's only been out for like a week. Um, it's around, like I think, around $600 million, give or take. So it more likely than not will get there. But it's, well, I thought it's it more... broke a ton of records that you know Endgame oh, had and this, uh, that, and the other, no, that, no, whatever. A, a did not, and two, I, you're, I'm glad you brought that up. And I can't – Well, if there's, I, if there's one person bringing that kind of facts up with, it's you. So you're welcome. Well – when it comes to like international records, it's really hard to get like a read on that because the international box office is really like blown up in the last five years. Uh, so it's really hard to like get a read on that compared to like 
things from like God, even just ten years ago. Never mind beyond that, looks like the Sam Raimi films. Was that everyone's like, oh man, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is breaking records, and a lot of those records are kind of like I like to call them qualifier records. You just keep shoving qualifiers on them, like you have like like three or four different qualifiers, being like it had the largest opening day for a Tuesday film, not including a midnight release, and I'm like congratulations and it's weird that like this movie made like a hundred and like i think a hundred like 66 million dollars in its first like six days of release everyone's like oh it's a brand new record for the spider-man franchise then you go back to what spider-man 3 made in its first like six days and it only made like six million dollars less 12 years earlier and i'm like that's not like i, I get it hollywood will never do inflation calculations i get that god forbid but like but it's like, no, Far From Home sold less tickets than Spider-Man 3 did its opening weekend. And never mind, there's never going to be another Spider-Man film that sells as many tickets as the 2002 film did. And it's it's this weird sort of just like showboating that's like hollow at its core. And I get being excited for stuff, and I get why the entertainment trades do it. But like when the, like I've seen so many people on like social media being like, this is the best Spider-Man film ever. And I have two complaints with that. One, no. And two, didn't we just say Into the Spider-Verse was the best Spider-Man film ever? And that came out, what, seven months ago? Yep. And I'm like, like, this bandwagon effect is so annoying. It's like, I get calling Into the Spider-Verse the best Spider-Man film. Because it really was audacious for what it was going for with a rather, I don't want to say conventional character. But for a character that appeals to most people. And yet I cannot look at this movie and be like, this is the best incarnation of Spider-Man ever put to film. I just, I can't see how anybody can say that. Oh, is, is this calling me out for saying that? Okay. You, you didn't say that. What? I said that this was um, Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man. I know. We didn't say incarnation of the character. We said the best film. Yeah. Would you say it's far from home the best Spider-Man film in your opinion? No. It's, okay, then. it's it's got good elements and it builds off of what was previously existing, but it has its own issues. And sadly, the issues more deal with the MCU as a whole than the, the, it's weird because I feel like at some point I have to be negative at an MCU film from the get go instead of retroactively being negative on it later. And who knows, in like a year or two, once they build all the stuff and that this becomes more of a thing, maybe this could be a better Spider-Man. I mean, this could be a better MCU movie. But as of right now, it's 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 there to set the table. Like, they, I, I will say this. They had a real bad problem of a few films back of there was event point movies and there was setup movies. Um, Dark World was a huge... Let's set up stuff and basically burn a Thor movie while doing it. Um, and that's, that's, that's the problem. They had to do this with some movies where it was setting up. Um, well, we need to start setting up the whole the gems and stuff. Well, let's start setting. And that's, and that's also, I think, what happened with Ultron. Ultron got um, uh, kind of hijacked by we need to set up the bigger villain later instead of focusing on the current villain we have. And that's well, something Ultron- that... that, that the MCU was bad about, but they got better. And it's like, have you guys just gone back now? Or is there something more going on that we're not aware of? Because you guys won't say a god dang thing about what's coming next. But, okay, you're not wrong in the sense, like, I think... And, like, dang right, I'm not a- wrong. Zinger's always right. Woo! <laughs> Especially in the Zengness forum. <laughs> hey, I, god dang um, and I am. 
oh, I'm in his house for once, folks. Yes. Uh, no, but I think you can you can like you said with me, you can break down the MC uh, MCU films into three different categories. You have the payoff, the setup, then you have the ones that just shuffle their feet. Yep. And I think oh, and the origin this, story. Well, that, God forbid we get another one of those. Well, that well, think about it. Doctor Strange is a setup film because it, it, it's setting up the time stone. It is, and it's setting up that character and doing all the let's let's do all the explanation for him so we can just throw him in a movie later. And if you didn't see that movie, well, that's your problem, not ours. Well, but I think some of these films also are are in two different have their feet in two different camps because something like Captain Marvel is both a, a setup film and it's a shuffling film. Like Captain Marvel is setting up the scrolls and the Kree. You know, the Kree were introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's setting up their conflict, which will clearly is going to pay off years from now. Yet at the same time, Captain Marvel, when it comes to like Endgame, was a shuffling movie. It just kind of sat there. It doesn't serve it. Think about it. You don't need to see Captain Marvel to appreciate Endgame. On that note, uh, make sure to listen to next week's episode where Phil Rude returns to discuss his viewing of Endgame, and he did oh, not really? see. Oh, really? You yeah. got the exclusive? Yeah, he um did oh, not see uh Captain Marvel, and there's a quick discussion about the effects of that on him watching that the next movie. I, I'll be In that, interesting to hear that. Yes, yes, stuff is mentioned. Also, on that <laughs> note, I would like to point out now for anyone there is a verbal mistake made by me that I am calling myself out on now. Um. There was mention of Taika Waititi handling the Beta Ray Bill stuff. And what I meant to say was that that's actually going to be done by... Allegedly, James Gunn's going to be doing it because it will be in the Guardians movie, not in the next Thor movie. Allegedly. Uh, but God, I said... No, no more. Oh, I, said, I said Taika Waititi by mistake. So I'm correcting that now, and it's James Gunn's doing it, which is still exciting. I, okay, Zanger, you're the comics guy. Is there a chance that Beta Ray Bill could show up in the Eternals? Yes. Yeah, actually 100% yes. He's part of the Eternals, if I remember correctly. Okay. I just, I just or or he's know. involved in... Oh, god dang. I, I misspoke. <laughs> yeah, cause, okay, because I know July 20th, Marvel's having a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. That's where they're going to unveil or at least give the first tease of what's coming now... In the, in the next couple of years. So by the time this comes out, this episode is going to have, I don't want to say a short shelf life, but like by the time most people will probably listen to this, you're going to have a lot more context than what we do currently. So I don't, again, that's the Wait, weird on thing. on the 20th. This, is, is that when this episode's coming out? No, this episode comes out um, technically Thursday. tomorrow for uh, us. Um, today for you listening, if you are listening on the day that this comes out, wink, 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 shuffle, 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 nod, nod, nod. <laughs> So yes, okay. So this episode has like a shelf life of nine of nine days, and then it's gonna be oh, now we know everything that's coming afterwards. Uh, but to bring us back to Spider-Man though, with the post-credit scenes, um, it's Annihilators. They're gonna do that? No, that's the Beta uh, Ray Bill. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but no, getting to the point you were making with the post-credit scene, the fact that like the third Spider-Man film in this series is going to be a series or, or a story arc or a storyline we've never seen before. Like, what could that be? Like, we've never seen. Like, you think about the most popular Spider-Man stories. Like, yes, we've seen the death of Gwen Stacy. We've seen Doctor Octopus. We've seen Green Goblin twice now. We've seen Electro. So, like, when you think of like popular a world Spider- knowing that who Spider-Man is and how he deals with it, is that in the comics? Yeah, 
Um, here's the thing, though. It's I mean, civil war, right? Yeah, civil war is the um, whole catalyst for that. Tony convinces him to unveil himself to the world. He does, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, because basically, for years he's been a thought. Like Spider Man's identity was like nobody. Nobody knew who he was, including, uh, like, Avengers and people. Like, it was actually a really well-kept secret. And then when he revealed himself, like, J. John Jameson was angry, of course, because reasons. Um, <laughs> and, like, everyone lost their crap about it because, like, all these, like, punk villains and stuff that he's been dealing with now knew who he was and his greatest fears did come to light of, you know... Oh, well, they're going to go after my family now. And they did. And then that was all neatly wrapped up in everyone's favorite Spider-Man, uh, which the whole thing with with the how everyone doesn't know who Spider-Man is again is covered in everyone's favorite Spider-Man story, One More Day. Uh, basically, how do I do this quick and easy? Basically, Aunt May gets shot. Um... And is dying. Everyone knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And um, he decides to make a deal with Mephisto, who is the literal literal devil of the, I mean, of the Marvel comics to save her. And the deal is made, but in exchange for saving Aunt May, and somehow the ripple effects of no one knows he's Spider-Man anymore, is he wants... Um, MJ and Peter's, I mean, yeah, MJ and Peter's marriage. But here's the fun thing. So they, so they've been married in the comics for years and everything. He, he wants them to basically, he gets their marriage. They still were together that whole time. Everything still transpired the same way, but they never actually got married. And it's like, that is the worst deal with the devil, in my opinion, is you get your aunt back, no one knows you're Spider-Man, and you technically still spend all this time with this chick, you just never said I do. Which just makes me imagine that Mephisto now has their, like, wedding album sitting in his (laughs) office down in wherever he's at, just going, yes, they're mine now, all of them. So, it's, it's not a good story, but it kind of reset the whole thing of who's spider-man so no one knew again so mm. that was that that had a fun ton of fun repercussions from it do i think they're going to do that with this no i think they're going to go in their own direction of how peter deals with a lot of issues that are going to come from him being spider-man and but everyone like, knowing at, it too but after this though like what villain do you do like what's the next villain that comes after this you night? do because venom you're... i mean no less crazy you do venom oh less crazy well, they already, didn't they already say that like a uh, Tom Hardy, uh, Tom Holland crossover is like inevitable? I think they're going to do something with the Spider Verse stuff, and that's how we're going to get that. But in all honesty, like it'd be, I think it'd be a, a breath of fresh air into the MCU if you brought Tom Hardy's Venom into it. It would be. It, I don't think they're that desperate yet, but. I don't think it's the issue of desperate. I think it's an issue of just like it's like anything in life. If you have the right story. And you can make it work to the best of its abilities. I, I that's the problem is that people look at that and they see it as desperation. I don't think you look at it that way because I, I think it'd be fun. Like I'd love this. That's for something to be like really exciting. It's like I, I know people love Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor, and he's always. I, I know he's fine. Like I know he's like he's good in some things though, but he's just so bland in this. 
And again, for no other reason, the fact that's how he was told to act. But like, I would think again, you have Tom Hardy like sitting in like a lobster tank eating a raw lobster, and you have Tom Holland Spider Man kind of like playing off that. Like that'd be great. I want to see that. Like I, I, I just want to see that happen. It's like just splice Tom Holland into those scenes from Venom, and I'll be happy. So as much as we all love that, I got to think now. She brought up a good point of who would be the villain. And my question is, who has been wronged by Tony Stark that now Spider-Man has to clean up the mess? Oh, no. No. <laughs> Don't think like they do. That's my job. So is, is, is it Norman Osborn was always the second fiddle to, to Tony Stark, but somehow Justin Hammer oh. was the second fiddle to Tony Stark, and now we've got a third fiddle player now that was involved? Well, they do something as Wow, that's, that's like, a break... lot of devil wait, references. Wait. Would they bring like? Would they be dumb enough to make the Mandarin a Spider-Man villain? Because they said this, they have said the Mandarin's still operating. The real Mandarin's I, uh, still operating somewhere out there. But that's the thing. You gotta, you you gotta take, and um, you 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 gotta take a Spider-Man villain, but give him origins that involve Stark. Would they real? Yeah, I guess you're right. So I guess so I, I, I hope they don't. They they they've got to get themselves out of this habit. We can't. Spider-Man as a character in the MCU cannot live eternally in in the shadow of Tony, the metaphorical and physical shadow of Tony Stark for the rest of this. Like I think that this movie was like the okay, we're done with that gimmick. We need to move on from that and have him being as his own character and everything. Because if they keep doing that, it's just going to be I, – I, I won't be impressed with it personally because it's like what what's the point of Spider-Man then? Why, why is Tony Stark even gone now? Because – Because he's not gone because they're going to inevitably bring him back for some reason. Something's going to happen and they're going to bring Tony Stark back because it's going to be like – I don't know. It's going to be something stupid happens. They'll be like, we have a chance. What? We can bring Tony back. And that's what they're going to do. They're, not that again, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But like, they have to bring him back. That's just that's half the fun of these movies. And, and to make Zach happy, they'll sit there and they'll be like, "What about Natasha?" And it's just her dead body sitting there. And, <laughs> and they'll be like, "No, it's it's too hard. We can't bring her back." <laughs> oh, but her body's right there. Like Thor could nope. do some MacGuffin thing to her right now and bring. Nope, nope. We can't do that. No, nope. we got to do this elaborate mission to get Tony back. Instead, even though we need a spy to infiltrate a base, it needs to be Tony, not the spy over there that could have done this easily. <laughs> but getting back to the her prequel thing. movie was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling uh, that now, but we'll see. <laughs> I guess my question is that, like, I guess we look at Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. It's a well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, let's look at it this way, though. Let's put a couple of uh, qualifiers well, on it. Well, Scorpion's already been introduced. Well, wait, hold on a sec. When you think of Spider-Man villains, I'm not talking about the really, like, obscure ones, like Silver Sable. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the ones that, like, your your the filthy casuals will get. Like, when you think of Spider-Man villains that are, like, are, are popular, that no, they have not been seen on the big screen yet, there's only one that comes to mind. And that's Craven the Hunter. Ooh, and that's the. But again, I don't know because I know they've said they want. I think it's oh god, who directed Black Panther? Uh, uh, Coo, Ryan Coogler, Coogler, Coogan. Yeah, sure. Zeng, I I don't know if fact Zenger Zenger so. fact check me. Uh, why continue to talk? Um, please. Uh, no, because I know he said he wanted Craven the Hunter for a villain in Black Panther too. 
You know what? That's actually... Considering the rogues gallery for a lot of these characters with the movies is just getting mixed up and everything, I'm I'm actually 100% for that. Yes, uh, Ryan Coogler. Coogler, okay. Yeah. I know he said, but that would require a separate deal, though. I don't think they're, they can, it's funny, because you notice none of, like, Spider-Man's, because what, Aunt May doesn't show up in the, she, she is in, what, Civil War, but she's not in Infinity War Endgame, right? No, but she men- it's mentioned what happened with her during that time. Well, it, it doesn't matter yeah. um, as long as she's not as long as she's not seen on screen. Um, that's the only thing I have to say. That would require probably a separate deal. Uh, I think it's just a matter of getting everybody to agree to it. I don't think you have to move heaven, heaven and earth. Uh, but I'm trying to think, Sanger. Besides Craven, who, what other like super popular, like filthy, casual appealing Spider-Man villains they have not used yet? Okay, um, now, now, now you got me stuck on the Craven the Hunter for, and I'm like, that's pretty good. Uh, Chameleon would be interesting, but I'm not going to go with that because of the scrolls and everything like that. And, but, and, and plus two, they're not going to want people to think that the Chameleon is like Mystique. Yeah. Um, Doc Ock has been done already. Yeah. Ultra's they're been gonna... done. Electro's. Tombstone, but that's just... Tombstone yeah. works more as just some a henchman of a bigger villain, like uh, the Shocker in, in Homecoming. Yeah, exactly. Um, Osborn. Like I said, I'm like Hobgoblin. Look, <sighs> Hobgoblin, and they 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 could do. They could the actually Hobgoblin do Hobgoblin. A boring, it's a boring villain, though. He he is, and that's the. <sighs> Like Kingpin, you'd think, but they've used kind of Kingpin at this point between Daredevil and Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, it's so hard to do. They did Rhino. I mean, they could do that one, but better. Yeah, not good. That, that is a goofy villain. That's like you know how hard. It's funny. Everybody got mad at Paul Giamatti and the Amazing Spider Man too, but like you cannot do that character seriously. No, you can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I, Car- I just, Carnage is going to be in Venom 2. Um, Mr. Negative, but I'm only saying no because the video game did such a good job with him and everything. And it would just... I think they're trying to avoid, like, retelling stories. Yeah, and Mr. Negative isn't a mass appeal villain. I mean, he would be cool to see just because, but they did him in the video game recently. Uh, the Morbius, but that's... Jared Leto. Yeah, and is in its own mysterious thing. Um, Mephisto, technically, but I don't think they want to get into that. Yeah. Of worms. Oh, no. They, they they should totally introduce Doctor Doom as a Spider-Man villain and just watch everyone get angry. Well, I, you know what the sad thing is? like you, We keep joking about like how Iron Man's shadow looms large over like these films. Don't be surprised if they inter- introduce Victor Von Doom like going to like a party in like 2001 and he interacts with Tony Stark. Don't be surprised if they tie Doctor Doom into Tony Stark too. Oh, and then and, and let me guess, he makes some comment about it's like, oh man, your face is ugly, and then he puts the mask on and is like, ah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like that's the thing. Like, like Doom is such a get, great get a hold villain. of us, uh, uh, MCU for the for your writers' room. We'll give you the worst ideas. Ugh. <laughs> I guess that's the problem, though. Is that, like again, Doom is such a great villain. And he is probably one of the very few, like, Marvel villains that could go toe-to-toe with, like, a Thanos in the level, like, I can destroy everything if I want to. I thought I but, saw somewhere that 
like someone had recommended that um what's his name Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman as as, uh, as, as Doom they did not get to do that and not to have him do another Marvel character like I don't know who okay I know this is really off topic from Spider Man but like who could even do Doctor Doom justice you. Doom for me is somebody who you have to do like amazingly well, because he he just has to be like the ultimate like just bad guy that like is just like because that that's, that's this thing he's he's in the comics and somehow he's like this person who can take on the Avengers single handedly but for some reason the Fantastic Four always stop him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's why. I, I don't know. Do I, I? I guess would they try to make Doom a motion capture character? I would imagine, like Thanos. Because there's it's, no way, considering they paint over the Spider-Man costume with every movie now with CGI. Uh, I, I guess it'd be, there's no way they're gonna have a guy in a mask in a green cape. Uh, you gotta have somebody that is also willing to just have that on all the time too. Yeah, it, it, it'd be someone like Josh Brolin who just doesn't care if their face is covered up. Josh Brolin will play every villain in the MCU. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's done. The only okay, beginning okay, so that's a topic for another day. The only other villain, and it's not even like a villain that they could do that's never been done in live action before, would be like a Black Cat, right? Um, how about we do Modok? <laughs> that's not a Spider-Man villain, but I'm not going to disagree with uh, you. Uh, it's 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 technically under villains that are associated with. Iron Man. I thought Modok was a Captain America villain. He's whatever. Also on this list, it does say that Ghost from the from Zack's other favorite MCU movie is more associated with um, Iron Man, which I'm like, I'm apparently not reading enough Iron Man comics, so because I did not know that. Well, the thing too is like a lot of these characters, like once Iron Man exploded in popularity in 2008, a lot of like villains got like a lot of characters got kind of dragged to the iron man side of the board <laughs> bring him over <laughs> pretty much but yeah now we mentioned like really the only like genuine like mass appeal spider-man villain that hasn't been done so far in live action is craven he has and, and black cat uh, black cat's kind of it <sighs> she's a villain but she's she's a good Ah, uh, well, okay. How about this? Who's the villain that has all the polka dots on him? Like, like uh, has Spot. all the port. Spot. Would they do? Would that? Would that Mr. be a potential? Spot? I don't know. They... I, I feel like I'm getting close. But you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, they, yeah would, I know would, exactly what you're talking about. Is that a mass appeal villain though? That's a weird villain. I just want Modok. Can I just get <laughs> Modok, please? I remember there was a rumor at one point that Modok was going to be a villain in Captain America: Winter Soldier. God, that would have been great. It would it would not fit the tone at all for that movie, but no, it would have perfectly fit it somehow. Just 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 shove it in there; it will work. <sighs> but yeah, uh, according to this, he is uh, more associated with. Actually, he's kind of a. He's like everyone's rogue gallery, apparently. Yeah, Modok. Well, okay, this is one thing I also wanted to ask. Captain America too. though was the first one that he kind of went right. up against, but it says Miss Marvel, Iron Man. Okay, um, far from home. Question for you. Okay. Were you thinking? I know they already established them in, in Iron Man three, but they've gone nowhere since. 
I got a vibe when uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was like having his toast in the bar yeah. with all like the cronies that have been dis- like disgruntled Stark Enterprise employees. I had the feeling he's like in our new like, in our organization is something something something. I forget the exact words of the acronym. Aim. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna do like what? what what's AIM stand for? Advanced something mechanics? Yeah. Like I, it's funny. I know that you, you know who's big in that. Modok. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's what made me think of it. Uh, that's what I was thinking about. I thought they were gonna go with like AIM. Like I thought it'd be like, oh, we're the acolytes of like like Aldrich Killian and the extremists. Like we're, we're left over I'm, from that. I'm kind of happy they they stuck away from that though to make them their own thing instead of everyone's just piggybacking on everyone else's hatred of Stark. But considering that, like they photoshopped Jake Gyllenhaal's head into like one frame. Of, of Civil War. It's like, come on. You're telling me my idea is less clunky than that? It's it's not. It's not. I'm just saying I'm, I'm happy they went a different direction. But on this list of Iron Man villains I got here, I've got the perfect one for the next Spider-Man movie. Okay. Demon in a Bottle. <laughs> they did that already. That's Iron Man too. But I want Spider-Man to deal with, Tony, <laughs> with the dead Tony Stark's alcoholism. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. So... All right, so we've 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 derailed enough. Uh, let's let, let's focus up on the end of the movie for yes. the end of this episode, because uh, ironically and not intentionally, we've avoided discussing it sort of somehow this What's entire that? time and not jump to it immediately. So, um, I guess we'll do it in order of what happened. First post credit scene, we get, um, or I guess the mid credit scene. Well, uh, two things. Can I bring up two things about the movie itself? Sure. All right, first. Uh, okay, zombie, moving on. <laughs> zombie Iron Man, possibly the greatest like side-splitting moment of the year when it comes to movies. Um, I just laughed so hard at this that we actually had like Zombie Iron Man, and not considering this kid like worships the ground that like Tony Stark walked on. And how we have, like, how a, traumatizing is that? <laughs> oh, it's great! Like it's it's so dumb and good, clunky and goofy, but like I couldn't help but like die laughing in the theater. And then the second mo- second thing I want to bring up is that, like, at the end of this, and this kind of ties into the post credit scene, is that uh, Mysterio is dead. But if you – so I, I guess if you watch the film, the stupid glasses tell him, oh, he has no pulse. So my question is to you, Zanger, is Mysterio dead? Or, is this, or did Mysterio do another illusion of his death? You know, we avoided talking about something else I wanted to mention, but um... – so, I'm going to say, in the vein of the MCU being terrible at doing their villains, because either they, any villain that's good, they kill off, mm-hmm. except for apparently Vulture and a few others, but I'm going to say he's dead, because of the massive amount of stuff he needs to get his stuff to work, it's kind of hard to get that uh, over again, if that makes any well- sense. Well, my thing is that, like, but you brought up a good point. I wanted to mention it, but you beat me to it. Is that so far, like, none of the Spider-Man villains have died. Like, Scorpion is, is still in prison. Vulture is still yeah, in prison. One of the Electrodes is dead. Well, one of the Shockers. Is that, dead. That's what I meant to say. My bad. And that's where I'm like, oh, they have not killed off any of the Spider-Man villains so far. So, in the fact that, remember, the glasses are the ones that tell Peter that he's dead. Not that he goes and checks the body. Yeah. The glasses, which, again, 
Mysterio had been manipulating this entire time are the ones that tell him this. And the fact that this video comes out after after he's supposedly dead, just and again, Mysterio is the master of illusions. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be hard for him to inevitably. I guess we should also say too that Sinister Six have never been done in live action before. No. So we could finally get that sinister. And I know even like there's what the sinister syndicate where it's only like what like three or four of them. You could do that too. I mean, you can, you can definitely get there. They've have a. I mean, if we just keep adding Iron Man villains, we'll get there. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean, we. I I I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that as a cool payoff for a Spider-Man movie, not its own movie for a Spider-Man movie. I mean, we kind of got that vaguely in Into the Spider-Verse, but I'm pretty sure there were six villains in that movie at one point fighting, but it's it's never been, like, by name where they all raise their glasses in, like, triumph of, like, we're the Sinister Six. Well, that's what they could be really cool, though, because I know, like, in the Spider-Man ride at, like, universe, uh, Islands of Adventure... You have the Sinister Syndicate, and you have, like, oh, you have Hydro Man, you have Scream, you have Green Goblin, you have, who else is in that? I'm trying to think who else. Some Hobgoblin. And, like, that'd be cool to see Spider-Man, like, face off against, like, five at once. But I think, like, that's, like, I could see Peter, or I'm sorry, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man doing that. Heck, I could see Andrew Garfield Spider-Man doing that. But I could not see Tom Holland Spider-Man, like, at this point being able to handle six villains. He can barely handle one villain. And I, I think we have to be like in Spider-Man like seven by the time that we finally like get a, a point where he's actually mature enough to be able to handle all this. Well, you brought up a good point. We'll see when we get there. I, I, I want the Sinister Six, but you do bring up that the character has development developed enough and it would be like a, I mean, evil can evil jump for them to get there with that. I think otherwise. Yeah, and I think that's where maybe something like I don't know, like maybe that's where the dark. Maybe instead of doing Dark Avengers with Norman Osborn, he creates the Sinister Six. I don't know. I Sony would just tear their hair out though because they're they've been trying to do that forever and can't get that off the ground. Well, but guess what? They have a script laying around. You already have done like half the development cost for it. You hand it to Marvel and let them figure it out. And then the foundation's there. And then you'll do the the marketing for it. And guess what? You'll just you know destroy it by revealing everything that happens at the end of the movie. It is Sony, after all. <laughs> it is. Um, so the thing I forgot to mention, I said a second ago, is what happened to Karen? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. For those of you who are sitting there going, "What the hell are they talking about?" His suit AI. Is never mentioned or brought up, but there's the Edith. Yeah. Which I guess is just, I, I don't know. The, the MacGuffin in this movie is a pair of glasses that have an AI built into them. Surprise. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to mention that because I was like, wait a second. Well, the weird thing, too, is that isn't, I know he's, because he wear, uh, Iron Man wears the glasses in Infinity War, and it's a Friday who's connected to the glasses in, in that. Yes. So I'm assuming this is a different set with different protocols or something. I guess. Well, then again, here's the thing. We've had – he's had five years to come up with whatever the hell he feels like during that Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So, yes, that's when they whatever. launched the giant space shuttle into the, into, into the stratosphere with all the kill bots on it that for some reason he didn't feel like using during the endgame battle. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That God definitely forbid. wouldn't have come, that wouldn't have come in handy at all. Nah, nah, not 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 a bolt to Thanos's head would have done anything. Whatever. What's uh, other aspect? Why is Pepper Potts creating like like weapons again? They need the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so the J. John Jameson scene. Oh man, my boy Alex Jones. I mean, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. So. I, I know that, that you're going to say something, and I'm going to immediately contradict you, so go ahead, uh, have your moment, so that I can be like, I'm going to put a stop to this now. They're doing J. Jonah Jameson to be like Alex Jones in the MCU? No, the, the, the casting of it. Oh, J.K. Simmons? Yeah. Oh, folks, the same reason, okay, the same way we're getting the Tony Stark back like a couple years from now, it's inevitable that we're getting a uh, Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker back. I am like, squishing that's, this. That's coming. I'm, I'm no, saying no, that's happening. You do not cast JK Simmons unless they eventually are going to do that. It has to happen. You got to do that. I am taking a newspaper and much like an orange cat on a Monday, I am squashing a spider. <laughs> <sighs> I, why, I, Zanger, why are you squashing it? Zanger? And like, I, I, okay. As much fun as that would be, I think it's over ambitious. But at the same, I don't know, because it's like, God dang it! Stupid MCU <laughs> is having their cake and eating it too, and I can't, I can't, I can't stand it because they're like, oh, there's there's a multiverse. Actually, there isn't. Oh, but we're gonna cast the same person to play the same character and not have any explanation for it aside from we did that. Well, Sanger, look at it this way. For, don't look at it. In, in universe sort of way look at it as a, a business decision like endgame has made 2.7 something billion dollars like what i think it's now like i think 15 million dollars short of avatar and you have to look at it from a business go perspective. see it go, go see it people get it past that threshold yes get that love you 3000 poster that there's like a giant wad of your local movie theater and look at it that way though you need something to get people on board again and, and you look at that, look again. Spider-Man 2002 made 400 million dollars in North America in 2002. Captain Marvel did that in 2019. It was considered like a big deal. Everybody on Earth saw the, that movie, saw Spider-Man 2002. And if they have a Spider-Man movie, and like I said, let's say whether it happens a year. Two, two years, ten years from now, there will have. In all the only thing that will stop them from making that movie is writing Tobey Maguire a check, probably for like twenty five million dollars, and they will do that because they can have on a poster or can you you can picture the trailer in your head right now. Something, something happens. Spider Verse. Something happens, and at, like a portal opens up, and Tobey Maguire Spider Man comes flying through it. That's all they need, and that. And guess what? That's $50 million to the opening weekend right there. Casting one actor, just even if he's in it for like maybe two or three scenes, that's all you need. You just need him in the movie enough that they'll get butts in the seats and they won't feel they're shortchanged. That's, you, like you said, that they do not cast the same actor unless, and especially in a movie that talks about multiverses, and especially what happened after Into the Spider-Verse, there's no and, and talk of Tom Hardy being brought into this sooner or later. It's going to happen. Uh, yes, there's always the possibility that Tobey Maguire doesn't want to do this. Don't be wrong. If he doesn't want to do it, then there's no getting around it. Hold on, wait. But, I need to look up what Tobey Maguire is up to right now. I don't th- what was the last thing you've seen Tobey Maguire in? That's why I'm looking... Um, I'm going to say The Great Gatsby. Well, that was like one of the last like blockbusters he was in. 
Continue with your thing while I look. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think that's what's going to happen. They have they're going to do it eventually, and that's what got me hooked into this, folks, because I was not anticipating seeing this movie in theaters. I read that like, I kept hearing the rumors online, like oh, like one of the like post credit scenes is like mind like mind bogglingly awesome, and I saw that and I said, God damn it, they got me again. And just again, like what Al Pacino says in Godfather Part Three, it's like <laughs> just when they th- just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. And that's what it took, because everybody and their brother knows J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson, and they can, you know how many actors they could do to do a J. Jonah Jameson impersonation? It's not hard. Like, I think even Zenger probably saw this a couple of months ago. There are people going around. They did like a um, fan casting with a great, great mock-up of Terry Crews as Jameson, and that and Terry Crews would be a great. Oh my, oh my god. god. That, that would I want great, him telling it? me I, he needs pictures of Spider Man because I'll get him pictures of Spider Man. I, that's what I mean, though. There's like, Jameson is not a hard character to do for the right actor. I'm not saying that any every I mean, actor. I mean, it's it's could. been done perfectly already. But I mean, if you want to try to edge towards perfection, go for it. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's I think it's fascinating too that they're making Jameson into an Alex Jones type figure. Oh, so good. They um just to point out though, the video game kind of already tackled Did that. that- yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. In the in the video game, he has like a podcast thing that you tune into every now and then. It's basically him screaming. Oh, okay. About that. So, but the setup, the way it's presented, oh, yeah. everything, it's... it is, it, it is, it is. He is he is the Alex Jones of this. The less crazy Alex Jones, I want to say, because I don't <laughs> think Alex Jones ever will get on any billboards anywhere in New York City being able to talk freely. We can only hope. We could only hope, but no. Okay, um, as for what Tobey Maguire's been up to recently, I said the last thing I saw him in was Great Gatsby, which came out in 2013. Since then, he has done... Zach, can you want to take a wild guess? Because he has done one, two, three, four projects since then. I, I wouldn't be able to... I'm trying to think. I can't think of the last thing I saw him in. Labor Day. He was in that? Yeah. Uh, the Spoils of Babylon TV series. That's why I said projects instead of movies. Don't uh, even know what that is. No clue. Uh, Pawn Sacrifice. And then, Are you sure he's not producing these? Uh, it says actor. Okay. It says actor. I looked up actor. Um, Pawn Sacrifice and the Baby Boss. I mean the Boss Baby. The oh, Boss that's... Baby. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's right. With Alec Baldwin. Yeah, that is right. Okay, never mind. I've seen that, but I could not tell you that that was him. So. Folks, Tobey Maguire has a ton of money. He he doesn't need to work another day in his life if he doesn't want to. But if they call him up and considering it, that's He is producing a lot of stuff, though, by the way. He is doing that. Well, that's what most of them do. Once they have their money, they pour it into other projects that they want to see. Like Boy Meets World. (laughs) Oh wait, boys in the woods. Sorry, my bad. Scrolling too fast. <laughs> Easily, mis- <laughs> easy mistake, folks. Boy meets world. Boys in the woods. One and the same, really. Also, um, he did produce the spoils of Babylon. <laughs> there you go. Um, I guess okay. We'll get to the second. Anything else you want to say about J. Jonah Jameson? No, I, 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 I think it's. Uh, God, it's it's one of those things I want to poo-poo it. And as we just saw, I can't poo-poo it because what are they doing? They're setting it up perfectly. They are. Because that's what's good. Don't be surprised. If, again, think about it. They have to keep like raising the bar on these movies. Like They can't go back to basics. Like, like Think about it. Like, at the end of Phase 6, they're going to need another earth-shattering event. 
and guess what? They're getting multiverse shattering. Well, that's what I mean. Like, don't again. They're going to do the cancer verse. The cancer verse is going to happen eventually, and they're going to need something. Like, can you imagine that movie where, like, where they have to go get? Th- think about it. Like uh, the cancer verse. If anybody knows the Thanos imperative, they need Thanos because Thanos is the master of wiping out life. So if you need, and <laughs> we need somebody who's good at killing. That's what they say in the, in the comic. That's what they do. They have to go find Thanos. And that's what it is. Don't be surprised if Tony Stark's there at, at the same time with the whole snap nonsense. And it wouldn't be surprising that like if all the multiverses are in are in trouble, that they pull every single one out. Don't be surprised if Tobey Maguire shows up, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine shows up. Remember, once they've opened the doors for multiverses, nothing is off well, the table. Well, don't forget we're going to have the current version of Wolverine there too. Well, Danny there you go. <laughs> Uh, so Zenger, I remember when you discussed Homecoming a couple of years ago. You and Ellie were big fans of woke Mary Jane. What do you think of, her, of Zendaya in this? Where she she's toned down a lot with that. I love the explanation of why she does that. That, that they, she that was they, nowhere near as woke in this as she was in that movie. They didn't give them really a chance to. Her her well, stuff was basically if she's on screen, she her and Peter are having something going on with um with each other like that mm-hmm. that story has to keep progressing anytime we show her it has to be progressing that story plus this is this is really more of a peter story than anything else because it seems like anything involving his classmates is just to move things forward and not giving them really any time to develop too much because mm-hmm. i mean to, to put it lightly all ned's character development goes out the window once they get back to new york <laughs> of him being like, I'm in a relationship. We're gonna get this side and end. it's gone. You tell me Ned had character development. I, I'm, <laughs> Period. I, I, I'm assuming it happened at some point, but oh, yeah, Ned. I like Ned a lot in um the in Homecoming and uh, in his brief scene in Infinity War. I really didn't like him. In this. <laughs> <laughs> he stole the show in Infinity War just just because I, I I would like to assume that wasn't him responding to help Peter. That was just his genuine response of uh, yeah. seeing the ship. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. That's one of the very few moments of Infinity War I genuinely like. Um, We're all gonna die. <laughs> in in this um, it, it's just. They're they're playing up the jokes of oh it's a class trip in Europe oh it's 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 like there there's a list of certain things that have to be done, I feel when you do like a a teen comedy abroad thing. So, I mean, right. her her being but that's that's the thing we all know she's Mary Jane now or she's MJ now that that yeah. that, that was I think was the nice little smokescreen of we didn't know that's who that was gonna be so they that gave her caught. That gave the writers carte blanche to do whatever they wanted with her, to have it be like the whole shocking reveal later. Mm-hmm. What would have been even more shocking is if it was revealed that her name actually is um is oh my gosh I just forgot the uh, other woman's name in Spider Man Gwen Stacy. That's like actually <laughs> my name's Gwen Stacy. Call me my name's Michelle, but call me Gwen, Gwen Stacy. <laughs> Right, right, right. After they're done swinging through through New York and everything, that that would have been like a whoa, wait, what? But okay, so moving on to the final credit scene. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the helm on this one. Oh, um, sword. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Like no more shield, but we're gonna do sword. I, I so. 
I, I figured you were going to go with the whole reveal that it wasn't Nick Fury and oh, Maria Hill the whole matter. time. That doesn't matter. But then there's the big question of, does is Maria Hill even real? <laughs> Has she just been a scroll the whole time? Is Maria Hill even a person or a character in these movies? And the correct answer is no. Oh, but I, I like her in these movies. She's always good, and, and she's always a breath of fresh air. and reminds me that How I Met Your Mother was a show a I show watched. A show that existed. That I watched and was good at a certain point. And does she even have a line of dialogue in Age of Ultron? I know she's there, but does she even say anything? Uh, probably something to where she stares at a computer screen like Nick Fury does. Is she in Endgame? Yes. No. Yes. Maybe. Because <laughs> uh, she yes. I I'm I am going with she is in Endgame. I am one hundred percent saying she is. Uh, funeral scene. She's not, funeral she scene. There? That 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 is the safest bet I can say. <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. All I know in Endgame, it's three hours of just stuff happening, <laughs> loud noises. That's the pull quote for for Endgame for me. Zenger <laughs> has "Don't think about it." Mine is loud noises. <laughs> um, shiny boom. Shiny boom. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I gotta say she's in it. I'm yes. gonna go with that. I'm sticking to it. She's in every, it. Every other Marvel character's in it, so it's just safe to say that she is. She's in it, and she's in her funeral scene. If I am wrong, I'm not. Okay, fair enough. You weren't watching closely enough. Sure, it's too many people. It's funny, they have the kid from Iron Man 3 in there who has, like, like a 5 o'clock shadow now. But, <laughs> poor Maria Hill. Um, no, but my question is to you, is, is the comic aficionado between the two of us. Now that S.W.O.R.D. is, is now there, what what sort of threats does... I know S.W.O.R.D.'s a cosmic entity. They are like, going after the Kree. Is that I'm, what I'm telling have? you. They, they, they set it up. They had This, this had to have been a thing. Where, so what are we going to do? We're going to do the Kree-Scroll War, except the fact that the Scrolls are the good guys now? Yeah, why not? I, I mean that's that is the only logical place I can see them going with this. Okay. Is that for some reason the there's been a grudge that that uh Fury's had since the nineties against the Kree and and um the most powerful being in the universe does too. By that I mean Miss Marvel. And I guess <gasps> they're like Zanger, watch your language. She is not defined by her gender. She is Captain Marvel. I'm so used to saying it that way because of Ellie. I blame oh. Ellie. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, man. Okay, folks, we're boycotting the Zang this podcast. Uh, Zanger, give me a list of all your uh, the sponsors. We're boycotting them. We're not going to put up with this sort of bigotry in the, in the comic book podcasting world. Sorry. Um, Carol Danvers. There. That's, that's better. I'm, I'm better. not even going to associate her with her military rank either because she did not earn that. Or did she? <gasps> I don't know. Oh, double boycott now. <laughs> we're doubling down on the boycott. We're getting... Now we're gonna boycott all the sponsors. <laughs> Someone call up the the place that hosts the podcast. Tell them we don't want this podcast anymore. Pod potato. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that that's where they're going. Okay. I, I'm assuming uh, the reveal of them being scrolls was like a oh that's cute, 
And it kind of makes sense if you think about it, because there's a few hints here and there at it. Also, I do think it's funny they point out, yeah, you think that people who can transform into different people would be better at spotting an illusion and picking out that stuff, but eh, whatever. Also, I'm kind of bothered by the fact that everyone just believed Mysterio when he was like, Peter killed me and was trying to kill all these people. And then, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. or Nick Fury or nobody stood up and went, no, that's not what happened. Well, I would imagine that's going to be the fallout for the next movie. Is, oh, we waited too long to help you out. To deal with it on your own, Spider-Man, and we're out. Well, okay, we don't know that, though. Cause that, that we don't know what the... The movie literally ends with that reveal. We don't know what the next five minutes are. Uh, him getting mobbed in the streets, because that's, I guess, what they think's going to happen, even though nobody seems to care Spider-Man's around. But, like, that's the thing. That, well, yes, that's a really weird moment, too, in this. Uh, well, that's the, the thing. Is revealing who Spider-Man is a thing? Because in these movies, nobody seems to care who he is or that he's well, around. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, too. So except like, what, what? except for Flash Thompson, who I'm sure is going through issues. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing, though. Like, setting this movie in – like, setting the climax in London kind of does, like, it, like it undercuts the, the, the mid-credits scene. In that, like, a bunch of New Yorkers, like, not that I don't want to say they're not going to care, but, like, it has a lot less impact that, like, oh, Spider-Man killed this, like, weird, glowy fishbowl guy in London. But if it happened in New York where, like, Mysterio protected, I don't know. Um, the Statue of Liberty from David also, Copperfield. Yes, exactly. Something like that. Like, if Hydro-Man, which is, are we even calling the illusion Hydro-Man or just an elemental? Um... They, I think they did actually give them all the names. They actually did call that one Hydro Man. Uh, let me see here: Hydro Man, Molten Man, Sandman, uh, and Cyclone. Okay. okay, whatever. So, like, no, like, if if all this happened in New York, then in like in, in like in this Mysterio was trying to protect New York, and New York kind of like fell in love with him, or even like like we have a scenes like Peter in the bar with him. And he's like, oh, look, even New York responds to you better than, than they ever did to me. That would make a bigger deal at the end of this. We're like, oh, no. Like, it's not just his identities out there. The entire city now, it looks like Spider-Man killed the hero of New York. And I think that's, again, setting this in Europe. I get why they did that. They set it in Europe because they want to help the box office. That's why they're doing that. They're not doing it for any sort of creative reason. They're doing it to help the box office. And... I think it's to the detriment of the character. Like, there's a reason why. Like, it's not like Spider-Man is exclusively popular in, like, North America and the United States. Spider-Man is a universally popular character. And I don't think having that character in New York is going to disenfranchise people across the globe. Like, there's a reason why that character resonates with people. I don't think his geography or, or uh, it's like or putting him in their area is going to make them appreciate him any more or less. And that's what's so weird about these decisions. Like, I know that's why, like, in Avengers, I remember, like, for Avengers Age of Ultron, they're like, oh, we're shooting this, like, in, like, like all these different, like, world locales. Be like, oh, we're, like, inclusive, and we want to, like, show, like, the Avengers aren't just, like, in New York City. And I'm like, sure, yeah, because the Avengers is, like, a world peacekeeping force. But Spider-Man is not a world peacekeeping force. Even though now he is, because he's got a satellite with guns on it. <laughs> No, Zanger, he has a satellite that deploys a bunch of small little guns. <laughs> yes. It, does does that, that make a difference? Uh, maybe. It's a Death Star. It, oh, my God. L lowercase. Lowercase <laughs> D, lowercase S. It's a Death Star. 
It literally is. It, it actually kind of, it, it should have just been shaped just like that, but it said star card on the side of it. I'm surprised they didn't go for that low-hanging fruit. Considering they love making Star Wars references. Oh my god, why did Peter not say that? It's like a Death Death Star. Star. He looks looks directly into the camera. (laughs) Directly into it. Like, everyone around him turns and looks to and nods. Oh, Zenger, we were talking... Okay, not to get off topic one more time. Um, uh, Spider-Man story that's never been seen before. Is there a possibility that they do Spider-Man Deadpool? Uh, this this Fox deal is gonna have me have a brain hemorrhage <laughs> at some point. I feel. But they were saying that right that like because again that's in the that's popular in the comics too when Spider Man Deadpool crossover right. It it is because they both like can't well one of them loves the other one the one I think just can't st- I don't know they they have a weird relationship. But that'd be weird too because like Tom Holland's supposed to be what like sixteen and you have like a thirty year old Deadpool like having the hots for an underage kid. <laughs> yep. Let's let's just. <laughs> Let's just let's do just that. Make, cruise into make that. Make it really awkward. Make it really awkward. Yeah, let's let's do that and see what happens. It can't end badly at all. Let's just crash the MCU all at once with one film. Let's take out the let's let's uh, water world this. Yeah. Which on that note, that's coming eventually, people. Oh yeah. That that is coming eventually. Also, I think they were just trying to. Um, to do a MCU version of, of course, everyone's favorite Matt Damon film with this Far From Home movie. Good Will Hunting? That, no. What, what, what Matt Damon film can I be talking about where they go all over Europe? For you I'm people at home, to... you, you know the answer. Zach's going to sit there and have I'm a brain hemorrhage. No, no, I'm trying to think of like some really weird Ben, uh, ben Affleck. Uh, Matt Damon movies. The Departed. No. Team America World Police. Yes. Correct. Euro Trip. Oh, God, I forgot that exists. I, I remember that existed because, one, I did go to Europe at one point, and it was kind of cool watching this movie because I was like, oh, I remember being there. That was cool. And I remember when I went to Europe, watching Euro Trip was like a thing. So it's like, oh, cool, it's like this, and it's not. But, yeah, Matt Damon's in that movie. So... Zenger just dated himself, folks. I did, because that movie, like, all the events of me going to Europe were from 2004 to 2005, and that movie came out then, so, really just dated myself. Did that come out, like, in 2001? No, it came out in 2004. Did it really? Yes, its popularity didn't peak till 2001 now, so. Its popularity (laughs) peaked before it came out? Yeah, that's how good it was. That's amazing. That's how good it was as a movie. But I that, that is a movie I could probably go back and watch now and be like, what the hell? So, I don't know. Something to do later, I guess. Anyways, so I don't know if you had any final thoughts. Uh, you know what, folks? If you still haven't seen this film yet, go watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2 instead. Oh, god dang. I was about to say, yes, for you who have had everything spoiled for you in this movie, go watch it now. So, go watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2 instead, yes. Sure. Let's... Zenger, watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2. You won't be disappointed. I want to continue to refuse to. But it's not that... Like, it's goofy, but it's not bad. You know what? I got Stranger <laughs> Things to watch. Oh, that's even worse. That's even worse than Far From Home. What? We'll get into that later. Um, Don't so... call me. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people find you on the internet, sir? If you want more hot take bombs, you can find me on the Knights of Vader podcast. And Where you're on the, the same one, actually, now, apparently. Uh, 
sure. <laughs> I, I see it's a different flavor of insanity, but that's just me. Um, and on the Samadis podcast, as we start our sketch comedy fort month, as we talk about such things as The Idiot Box with Alex Winter, Mr. Show with Bob and David, Chappelle's Show, The Amanda Show, Wonder Show's in, Key and Peel, Whitest Kid You Know, and some other thing Rob picked, which I do not know off the top of my head. So if you like weird movies or you like just a bunch of weirdos talking about Star Wars, come check out either the aforementioned podcasts. So I just want to point out that when you said for the Fort Month or whatever, um, they're not playing Fortnite, kids. It's for- no. Fortnite does refer to something other than that video game. Yes. So just want to point that out for all the youth that listen to this show. All none of you. Youths don't listen to podcasts, Sanger. I know they, they 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 listen to the YouTubes or I don't know I'm trying to think of other random things that no they listen Twitch, to the Snapchat <laughs> they they listen to the Snapchats all right well on that note I'm assuming if you've listened to this much of the show you know where to find Zygnus but of course tweet us any remarks or stuff that we did wrong or whatever you want to say to us um, on our Twitter or get on the Facebook and post on there and um. As I revealed, next week will be another episode discussing Avengers Endgame, but there's new things put forth by myself, and of course Phil Root has watched it, so we have to discuss that. Make sure to tune into that, because that is the lead-up to, of course, Ellie finally watching it, whenever that <gasps> may be. Oh, like you got me excited for nothing. Uh, it will. It, it, hey, it's coming out on um, digital and home video soon, so she's not going to have a choice soon, because I will be just watching it on, on a day-to-day basis to... To really soak in that three, I, whenever I need to throw away three hours of my life, I know exactly what I need to do. That's the other Pokemon on the box. <laughs> I got three hours to kill. Why not? Oh, God, that movie. Well, Zanger, thank you for having me on, helping me exercise my Spider-Man demons. Yes, let's, let, let's all exercise our Peter Tingles. That sounded more disturbing out loud than I thought it would. I think we have to bleep that out. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs>